we just wrapped up our edition of what we thought was the entire episode of 48 of Deep Shot Podcast. Uh, five minutes later, I just look at – I literally saw it right when I stood up, guys. There was a tweet from part of my take about how Notre Dame was leaning in with Urban Meyer. Kind of just didn't really think anything. And then like two seconds later, got the update from the score uh, that Brian Kelly is heading to LSU – to be the next head coach. So we literally, this is how we'll start the podcast now. This will be the beginning uh, because it's definitely going to be the biggest news. But we just talked about Lincoln Riley. USC had a huge discussion about that. And we just saw for the second time in the past two days, a coach at a top 10 program leaving for a school that has, I mean, for LSU, they had their big year. But other than that, have not been crazy relevant in a long time. Brian Kelly, LSU. Things are getting spicy. Dude, it's interesting because I, I mean, like, as soon as you texted us, I was like, you know, what, like, why are we getting back on? You tell us the news. Caleb says they're about to make the playoff. <laughs> I mean, there's a legitimate chance if enough teams lose ahead of them, really only needs to be one, one or two. They are in the playoff. And what do you do now? I mean, like, what is, how does Notre Dame go forward with this if they do make the playoff? How do you respond? This has got to be one of the weirdest situations because they make the playoffs and their head coach is chilling at in six and six Baton Rouge. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you think you would think he'd coach the game that right? You would think. There's no way. There's no way he coaches that game, bro. If they made the playoff, there's no way. No, he definitely does. I don't think so. Yeah, he's gonna have one last ride. No, it's. I feel like it's different than when, like, when a school fires a coach and they're like, you know, finish out the year. I feel like it's different. But like, do you, I mean, do you think he he he's he is on his own will leaving the school, leaving the players, leaving his recruits, all that? I don't think he's gonna be able to stay around. Like, you see, Lincoln Riley just just took the job two days ago. Well, yesterday. Yeah, he's already and in. He's, he's already in in um. Already in L.A. I feel like it's going to be the same thing for Brian Kelly. I think he is going to be in Baton Rouge in, in like, two days at max. Dude, yeah. I think there is yeah, a with, zero with chance you that he coaches another game at Notre Dame. Yeah. There's no the way that he I'm completely with you, which I also think would hurt any chance they even had of getting into the playoffs. That is that is tough because you know you feel yeah committee's going to be thinking about that now. Especially, like, the seniors and all that. You know, they get to this spot there. Right there on the outside looking in. They just need a little bit of stuff to happen. Stuff that seems likely to happen. You know, you only need one of them to lose. This is fucking nuts. What I don't get, like, did they have to do it now? Like, if they knew he was got, they they were in discussion. Obviously, sources get out. But, like, they could have let him wear that, ride it out. Like, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, you got to think, like, not saying this would happen. I mean, but. From LSU's side, I mean, this is probably their number one guy. They're like, this is who we want. What if he, not saying I think this would happen, but in the off chance, Notre Dame makes a playoff, wins a game, gets to the national championship. Hell, what if they win the national championship? And he's like, I could do it here in Notre Dame. I'm not leaving. Changed his mind before any inks on paper. I don't know. I mean, off chance that I, that had happened. You just got to think like worst case scenario for the university in this type of situation. But it is weird. It really is weird. Like, what what is is Notre Dame five right now? They're six. They're six. Yeah, I think they're six. Georgia, Michigan. We're thinking Georgia, Michigan, Cincy, Bama, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. That's what we're thinking, right? I think that's what the AP poll is, anyways. 
So, you know, I would feel like that seems like that would be about right. Yeah, in, in the AP, they got Notre Dame at 6, Ohio State at 7, Ole Miss at 8. I mean, yeah, we talked about it earlier. Two teams lose, and it's a wrap. If Alabama gets beat, they're out. And all you need is Michigan to get beat by Iowa or Cincy to get beat. Notre Dame's in. With no head or even Or even if Alabama gets beat and Oklahoma State gets beat by Baylor, Notre Dame would probably be in. Because Baylor's two loss. It's not that far of a stretch for this to happen. I just don't – what, do they go to let Marcus Freeman coach the playoffs? Couldn't this is you. such a crazy <laughs> situation. Like, I, I feel like – I honestly feel like this news was not supposed to be broken, but somebody got a leak. Like, they were trying to keep it under wraps until after the season was over or something like that. We're really about to find out a lot about Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Because he was at Cincinnati before he was at Notre Dame, right? That's right. Yeah, but he's been at Notre Dame for so long now. Yeah, he's been at Notre Dame for like 12 years, 13 mm-hmm. years now. Going back to that point, just may, like, you think this may have been something they're trying to keep under wraps. Just in 2021, in the year of happening. Like, it, it can't. Happen. It can't happen. It's, it's literally impossible. It takes one person just to text one person, and that person just spreads like wildfire. Um, it's impossible to keep anything under wraps, especially – a guy leaving a job like Notre Dame to go to LSU. That is blockbuster shit. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is. Literally well, go Oklahoma to USC yesterday, Notre Dame to LSU today. And here we go. There was one job that Luke Fickle is known that he would leave Cincinnati for, or there's two, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So now so who's you, Notre Dame You get? might as well book Luke Fickle's going to be the coach of Notre Dame. They're not going to announce it until after the playoff shit is announced there. What if, what if they're like, all right, well now – Luke Fickle's the coach of Notre Dame. Cincinnati, Notre He's Dame coaching playoff. the playoff game. He's going <laughs> to playoff game. It's going to happen, though. Yeah. You might as well go in and bank on it. That's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get that out there first. Luke Fickle will be the next head coach at Notre Dame. Brian this is Kelly such Kelly. a crazy, it's... crazy, crazy. What game. about when Kirby Smart takes the Cincinnati job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Great question. If Brian Kelly and Dan Mullen ever worked together, offensive always for LSU down there. I'm just starting to pop some things into my head. What is going on right now? What is there's going? no telling. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know where to start, to be completely honest with you. I, there's, I don't know where to start. <laughs> you better follow the money because we already know that Brian – we already talked about LSU offered him $12 million bucks. He's not getting paid $12 million at Notre Dame. I can guarantee you that. So, you know, follow the money, get in the SEC. You know, Brian Kelly's always – you know, Notre Dame feels like a you-have-arrived type of job, but – it's still the SEC that everybody wants to be in, except for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to be in the SEC, you could just wait it. It's got to be a money thing, though, because, like, at Notre Dame, you're talking about a guy that, I mean, he's pretty much done all he can do. He may make the playoff again and get smoked by Georgia. The one question you- I'll ask is, I don't know if Brian Kelly's attitude is more, is, like, SEC. That's what I'm saying. We're really going to figure some things out about him, because, like, can he hold down, like, an SEC West playing Alabama every year, Auburn every year, like big Florida every year. Like these are big ass games. He's played in big ass games. You know, Notre Dame is packed out shit every time, every time they play somebody, it's a big deal. But I mean, this is week in, week out, and you're going against the best of the best. You're not playing your week ACC Pac-12 schedule anymore. I will say this. I mean, I do have a little bit of, I go back and forth with Notre Dame though, because I lost a lot of respect for him. You know, you go back to the first time that they played in the playoff and got their backs broken in, and then they did it again, and then it was just like, okay, they're terrible. And then both times that Georgia played them, in Athens and in uh, and in Notre Dame, they were close games. Yeah. Both of them went down to the end. So 
I don't think it's a coaching issue. I definitely, I do think it was, if anything, I think it might have been more of a personnel problem, you know, why they weren't able to go head to head with a team like Alabama. But at LSU, I mean, he could, he can bring people in there and he can get that program back to where it was just, just two years ago. Think about how good they were. Yeah. Who's next is the question. Like, they're, they're, yeah. we're not done. We're not done. There's still big jobs that are open. There's What's a lot on? of big jobs. So what's open? We got Oklahoma's open. Notre Dame's open. Is um is Louisiana Miami job yeah. open? What are you talking about his Miami job? It's so gonna like, come open, dude. You think so? I still think they're gonna fire Manny Diaz. I think they should. Oh, I, it's tough to do it now. I mean, you think about the the top guys are all gone. Well, I, I say that. I say that. Yeah, I say that. Say that. I say Somebody's that. there. I didn't even know these guys were available. But yeah. I, you asked me three weeks ago if Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly are going to be a USC and LSU. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way that happens. Washington is available. I mean, who knows? Oregon. No, they filled the Washington job today. They filled uh, the Oregon State's head coach, or uh, Oregon State, Fresno State's head coach took the Washington job. Right. All the big schools are pretty much. Let me float a name out there for y'all. And I think y'all might call me crazy on this, but I know Garrison, at least you have, you know who Roddy Nabolsi is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just tweeted, what about Mike Bobo to Notre Dame? She just got fired. Fired from Auburn. <laughs> Dude, fucking bring him in, man. Yeah. <laughs> Roddy, UGA guy. Just to he, just, he said, he said <laughs> that tweet, go guys me up. Did he fucking forget about being in the playoffs? And he just tweeted, he was like, I think Mike Bobo would kill it at Notre Dame. I don't know if I'm... <laughs> kill it at losing? <laughs> Come on, that. man. Yeah, just like he killed it at Colorado State. He yeah. killed at Auburn this year. Crazy. It's crazy because now we've got, just like Jake said, Brian Kelly's left, Lincoln Riley left. Those are the two people that have been the big moves. And a couple weeks ago, if you would have asked everybody, they'd have been like, oh, it's James Franklin or oh, it's Mel Tucker. Yeah. Now exactly. those dudes are getting paid $100 million, con- $100 million contracts. Yeah, one and- just went seven and five, and the other went, you know, got his back blown out by Ohio State. College football. So things change Matt rather Campbell, quickly. Matt Campbell should be the biggest name to go next. I mean, people have been talking about him for years. Mm-hmm. He's got to leave Iowa State at some point. Yeah, Matt Campbell definitely is. Uh, he's definitely heading somewhere. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That is uh, the beginning of Deep Shot Podcast. The beginning of the end. The beginning. Now, let's talk about Lincoln Riley. <laughs> D-Shot Podcast, episode 48. The Jimmy Johnson episode. Oh, I love Ooh, that. Ooh, there we go. NASCAR. Love that. Oh, a little quick uh, story about Jimmy Johnson was... Wait, hold up. That wasn't Jimmy Johnson. Lincoln yeah. Riley dipped out. First time Oklahoma doesn't make the Big 12 championship in what? Like six, seven years? He's out. USC got his new head coach. First, I think it's obvious that we all know home run hire for USC. This is the, this had a lot of success, has what two Heisman winners in the past four or five years. NFL quarterbacks year in, year out. Tell me what you're thinking. First reaction. I think it's crazy. Flipped on his team so fast, bro. Mm-hmm. It's insane that he has had so much success at Oklahoma. It is the first sniff of a just not even a bad year. I mean, we've been dogging on Oklahoma all year, okay? Mm-hmm. They finished regular season ten and two. That's not terrible. That's not that terrible year. And he's just he's out. I think this is a great hire for USC. Obviously, it's what they need to revitalize that program, and they need a big time name like Lincoln Riley to get in there, bring in the, all the recruits. Southern California, in California as a whole, just in general, is one of the top high school football states in the country. I mean, you got yeah Texas, yeah Florida, 
and you got California are probably the top three, in my opinion, in terms of recruits. And you got George's right up there. He, him in their backyard, USC's about to start loading up. Completely. And the crazy thing, he's already been ravaging California with recruits. Like he's been, you know, Jake, you say this is crazy. I don't know what you mean by that. I think this is a very smart move by Lincoln Riley. I think he's getting way ahead of having to play in the freaking SEC West for the rest of his damn life with Oklahoma. Yeah. Having to recruit, out-recruit guys that are coming from Alabama and Texas where, I mean, you know, all of his recruits at Oklahoma now, you look at them, very seldom of them are from Georgia, not many from Alabama. Most of them are from Texas, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, obviously, and California. Those are where he gets his guys from. Now, and in the in the middle of all this, there was rumors that he was going to go to LSU. It wasn't him going to USC. It was known that LSU offered him $12 million a year. He was making, I think, nine at Oklahoma. Yeah. They offered him 12. Oklahoma was about to do an extension with him to match that money or he was going to leave. And he ends up taking the USC job anyways, which I'm sure... And we just we were talking about this before we came on the pod. We're seeing some details about this contract. They seem almost too good to be true. Because you want me to, you want me to read, yeah, them? Read, yeah, them. Yeah, read them? So Lincoln Riley USC contract details: one hundred and ten million dollars. USC is buying both of his homes in Norman for five hundred thousand dollars over the asking price. It's a million dollar bonus just there, and they are the school is buying him a six million dollar home in L.A. And he has unlimited use of the private jet 24-7. To me, that sounds way too good to be true. And this is not confirmed. But for him to move, get away from $12 million a year at LSU to that doesn't seem too far of a stretch. Like, they got to be yeah. pumping. It also doesn't seem too far of a stretch for USC that has all that money, all the resources, and have been down for they, – they had a little run maybe a few years ago. But, I mean, has right. basically been down – Ever since, ever, ever since, since Vince Young beat them, ever since yeah, Vince Young I mean, beat them in the Rose Bowl, they ever, haven't been where the back. They haven't been back there. And they've let, you know, Oregon's been running the Pac-12, and every time they kind of get up, they can't stay consistent with it. It's a good hire. If I'm Lincoln Riley, look, the down year, like you said, Jay, it's not really a down year. It's 10 and 2, but it goes to what Caleb said about the SEC. I think the biggest thing is he's done everything he could do at Oklahoma, right? I mean, other than winning. Every the win national championship. Like, he's been in the playoff four times. He's, the he's won the conference like six or seven years in a row. He didn't lose for a while yeah, there in 55 conference. and 10. He's had Heisman winner after Heisman winner. Talent all over the field. And he's, like you said, Gail, now about to go to the SEC in three years where he would have to compete with Georgia, with Alabama, with not even on just on the playing field, in recruiting. That's like, right. He has to win those over, have to get all these kids from the South to come out a little bit to the Midwest. Now, Cali, Texas, all that, why don't you just come out here? Regardless, there's you have to probably end up playing those teams in the playoff anyway, but it's, it's going to be way easier of a job for him out there at USC. And also, it's like... I'll go on record right here. Maybe not next year. Who knows? First year. By year two, USC is in the playoff, Pac-12 champions. I'll I'll, I'll put that money down right now. 11-1 and one by year two, Pac-12 champions. I mean, no doubt about it. I would say year three comfortably for sure. Year two, maybe. Because 
he's got there's some talent over there already. Everybody knows this. I mean, you're the talking about a portal. I mean, everyone can now go within thing. a year. Now you can you, you can play as soon as you get there. He can take all his Oklahoma kids with him if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He can take every last one of them. I mean, I can see it now. Just like you said, twelve and one. Pac-12 champion, put them in the playoff. They probably got. They're probably scoring 50 something points a game. And here's another thing too: the quarterback talent in America. If you guys haven't realized, a couple years back it came through Georgia. The state of Georgia had it when you had from Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. You had all of these big time talents come through here. Now you got them coming from Cali, Bryce Young, J.T. Daniels, Matt Corral. Keaton Slovis, all of these guys that are not staying in state, you, like you talk, Matt Corral, California kid, didn't stay in state, came all the way down to Mississippi, to Oxford. JT Daniels signed with USC, left. Bryce Young committed to USC, flipped to Bama on signing day. They're not going to lose these guys no more. We saw it as soon as he got hired. The number one quarterback and the number one receiver, both from California, committed to Oklahoma, are now crystal balled for USC. That is going to continue to be a trend. He's going to kill it out west. I'm completely concerned. With I think he's going to be fine because there's no competition out there. I mean, you're talking about having to deal with Mario Cristobal, and God knows if he's going to even be at Oregon next year because he's looking to come south. On top of all of that, it's a smart move. He's just, just like we've said, he's done everything he can. Heisman, Heisman, four playoff appearances. One of them, one of his teams, we probably truly thought could have won a national championship, and that was the team that he ran into that Georgia team with. I, it's just, it's a knockout of the park for me. And the waves, like this, we haven't had a move in college football that just like gave everybody a holy shit that just happened moment in a long time and that happened yesterday you talk about it's a smart decision which i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna argue that i think it i think it probably is do you not think that lincoln riley wasn't in the room when they were talking about moving to the sec oh no no no, I, no yeah. he was he was and i actually just read something about it he was on board for them to go to the sec because he so thought that's what that, it would that help them with, with that recruiting sound, and all this and that. that's fucked up man he did he just makes a decision he's like yeah let's go to the sec let's go to the sec and then he probably this year goes around. It's like we're gonna get smacked around in the SEC. Let me get out of here. That seems a little two sided to me. I don't. I don't like the college football. It has been shown a hundred thousand times. It is a business first. There's it no is. question about that. As a business move, whatever, it's fine. But that does seem a little snake in the grass to me. The Oklahoma fans. Have you seen stuff that going? Oh on yeah, it's been bad. I mean, Oklahoma fans are shook. Think about everything you've gone through, like the past four or five years, been a top team, and this year was bad. They're ten and two. I mean, they easily could have been seven and five, eight and four. Like this was yeah, not. Yeah, but they a were. Good. I mean, they lost Oklahoma State and Baylor, two good teams. You know, mm-hmm. two top ten teams, and we're in both games at the very end yeah. too. And I don't think this. The biggest reason why I think I don't think it has to do anything with SEC is why he left. I mean, I'm sure that had a factor. I think at the end of the day, he's fighting his ass off to recruit Oklahoma, and I think he's done a great job. He has not he a just, top five he's class. He's done everything he could ever do. He can't do universe. anything more. You, you cannot. Like, there's you no can way he do ever so much. Do more than what he's play. done because you Oklahoma's can only, not going to beat an SEC team. Oklahoma's not going to win a national championship. They're not. Not in this format. I think he's accomplished everything. A lot of things are fucked in college football, but well, what is going to happen now? I see is the vision. He's going to go out there to USC and be able to recruit guys that are similar talent as all those teams are sharing the SEC, and hopefully he can just eat up the West Coast, run his conference just like he has for the last couple of years. He'll be in the natty. USC will be in the natty in the next five years. I'll put that on record. Yeah, I'm with it. USC's Pac-12 champs in the playoff by next year, 2023. You think they'll be in the playoff next year? So his second year. When they go to eight? Yeah. Or, I mean, well, are they talking about going to 12? Regardless. Yeah. It could still be four. Shout all out right. Bob Stoops for coming back to coach the bowl game. Man. How about yeah. that? 
That is awesome, right? That, that just, is awesome. Probably just rehire him. Might as well. Yeah. He looked good on the set uh, for Big Noon Kickoff the other day. Or, I must or say. His, uh, Mark Stoops. If we want to get into some of the names that are in on this job now, like I think Mark Stoops is there. Josh Heupel played quarterback for Bob Stoops when they won a national championship in 2000. Matt Campbell's name always comes up. Brent Venables is from out there, and they were some did, y'all, did you guys see the uh, Gluck Gluck picture? Yeah, I did Brent, not horns down. Sure was Brent it? Venable's son, DJ, Snapchat of them doing horns down, and the caption said Sooners. The glug glug with the with the leak. How about that? It's going to be uh, huge. Little I'm, thinking Mar- I'm thinking Mark Stoops, though. That's who I'm thinking. I'm thinking Mark Stoops or Matt Campbell. One of the two. It'd be kind of weird for Matt Campbell to jump in conference there. They should just hire me. You want to go? Right. Let's go, Jake. Let's do it. Let's just go apply. Let's do it. We could definitely do it. Why not us? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think I could. Give us some really good players out there. Mm-hmm. And the Deep Shot podcast. You got Caleb Williams. Yeah. Caleb Williams is raw, dude. He, he needs to polish off a little bit in the passing game. But, like, the other night in that Oklahoma State game, and he, I thought he was just going to run for, like, 10 yards, get the first down, run out of bounds, and then takes it 65 yards, and I thought he was going to win the game. That was electric. Let's talk about coaching hire for your team, for the Florida Gators, Caleb. They've got their man, Billy Napier, former Bama wide receivers coach, Arizona State offensive coordinator for a year, and then was at Louisiana Lafayette, 39-12 and 12 record, uh, beat Iowa State last year. I'm known as an offensive guy. What do we think? My first judgment of Billy Napier is going to be to see who he hires as his DC. But I've, I feel great about it because this is a guy that's been coveted for the last couple years. I mean, you're talking about a guy that made Louisiana relevant. Like they were one lost team last year, and I think we're I think they're a two or three lost team this year. I mean, they're they're not as good as what they were, but just to be able to build something up like that, and when when you ask people about him, he they just say he's a worker, he's a listener, and he's a damn good coach. This is the bottom line. He's got some roots in the in this state too, in the southeast. Like I think he's from Tennessee. His brother is a high school coach, head coach in Georgia, actually, and I want to say at Callaway High School. I'm stoked about it. You know, there's nothing to be happy about when a coach has to get fired because you're having a bad season, but, you know, just getting a little bit of a jump start for us. Hopefully, the main thing that Napier's got to come in and do right off the bat, we talk about it all the time, he's got to win the damn state of Florida. We cannot let these number one recruits walk out. The last number one recruit that Florida signed from the state of Florida was Vernon Hargraves. And we know what? how that turned out. That was the last number one uh, player we signed from the state of Florida. I mean, but I yeah, it's been, that, it's been a drought with recruiting with us. It's been a drought for forever. With Florida State and Miami being down in-state, there's no reason why we should not be dominating the state. But here we are. I mean, we're, we're ranked. We're the eighth best recruiting class in the SEC right now. And we're really, like, signing day, early signing days in two weeks. That's, that's bad. That's, that's so pretty that's, bad. That's, that's I'm telling you, I think Mullen really kind of gave up with the recruiting end of things this, this last, like, year. Seems like it. I would hope so. If you're this the eighth best is, team in the well, SEC recruiting and you're the I, University of damn Florida, I'd hope you gave up. Because if you're trying and that is the end result, that's that's even worse. I think about how Kyle Trask was like a backup in high school, and that must have just gave Mullen like this energy. Like, oh, who cares? Like, who cares what stars they are? I'll just make them good. And he did. He did. And they still found a way to lose four games. Congrats, Caleb. You got a new coach. Yeah, not, thanks, as, not as cool as the Colorado USC. No, he would have been, been cool if he would have came down to Gainesville. That would have been dope. Okay. Coaching carousel is getting wild, baby. Coach yes. O finally left. Is Coach Man. O. Who was the rumor I saw the day for LSU? Oh, I saw it too. Uh, Brian Kelly. That's who Brian Kelly. Oh, we just talked about that. Yeah. Brian Kelly, uh, rumored to LSU, which is another guy that I think 
He's um, done what he can do at Notre Dame. Can. They can't. Yeah. They can't do anymore. Yeah. I could see him in purple and gold. I could see him in those colors doing that one well. Though he might not even leave. Like he might just be comfortable with Notre Dame. Should they? Might. I mean, we're talking about the play. If we want to get ahead of ourselves here, okay. Then we told y'all a couple weeks back. For people who've been listening to this podcast for a while, you're gonna have a Notre Dame conversation. Here mm-hmm. it is. After this week, let one team lose. Notre Dame is gonna get in the damn playoffs. If Alabama yeah. gets beat and another team in the conference championship games between Oklahoma State or Michigan loses, Notre Dame is in the playoff. Let's move on. Let's talk about the games happening this weekend. But I sent this picture yesterday just real quick for scenario purposes if if this happens. Kirk Herbstreit tweeted this out. Just asking of the craziest scenarios, UGA wins, Iowa beats Michigan, Houston beats Cincinnati, Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Who's your top four? Georgia, oh, Notre shit. Dame, who else? Oh, I got to go look at this. Alabama. I'm just going to throw that out there. Even though they kind of lost a street cred with me this week with how Alabama, they played against Auburn. Yeah, Georgia, same. Notre Dame, Alabama, Baylor. Or would you keep Michigan in That's there? disgusting. Give the national championship to Georgia. Did you say that Michigan lost? Michigan yeah, Michigan lost. loses and Cincinnati loses. Okay, Michigan and loses, Georgia Cincinnati loses. Georgia beats Bama. So Bama okay, has to Oklahoma beat. State lost. Oklahoma State lost. Georgia won. Iowa beat Michigan. Houston beat Cincy. Baylor beat Oklahoma State. Baylor. Um. Okay. Baylor so your top, your top four, your top four would have to be. This pains me to say. How how bad was the Michigan loss? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep Michigan there because th- th- I would assume Michigan's going to be number two tomorrow. I would assume Michigan is going me to too. be over Alabama in the rankings. Me too. And so it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Cincy. But maybe Bama goes down one. You know, Bama, Cincy, right there. So Georgia's going to be Bama. So they're out. Cincinnati lost, they're out. Michigan lost, they're out. So two, three, four would all lose. Michigan may have a chance at four, but Notre Dame is in the playoff. And then Baylor over Oklahoma State. Then you got to put Baylor in. What about this scenario? Georgia, Michigan, Cincy. Do you guys think that if Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 championship, there's still a chance Notre Dame is over them? Because they are right now. No. I think I think maybe with this win this week, uh, I think they'll I mean, jump them. I mean, the committee has shown before that like the regular season rankings don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like they people have been sense. jumped. Six has jumped to four over the five. That's happened before. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they just beat Oklahoma, so they got to jump. What are they? Tenth best team, one loss team. In the AP, they moved Bama down to four. I'm completely fine with that. They are yeah. one loss team that struggled against. They should have got beat by Auburn. They should have got beat by LSU this year. I mean, they've you know they've really struggled. You take UGA. UGA consensus number one. Honestly, Garrison, if we're talking about scenarios, that last one you just give, you just told me, please just give UGA the national championship. Don't even let them play two more games. They're going to be bad. They're, they will be ah, bad. God, that'd be awesome. I, I just that would be the best thing as a Georgia, as a University of Georgia football fan, to have one to have a postseason where we just blow bitches out. Well, here's what's going to happen. I cannot Jake. imagine can, anything better. We can talk about how we're going to predict this thing, and we're going to make picks later this week, obviously. UGA is getting set up for the weakest, the weakest college football playoff. Let's let's. You know why? Let because Georgia is that much better than everybody. Yes, and that's you know it. why Georgia's that so much better not, than everybody else. You know why Georgia's that much better than everybody else. And this is just the rant that I've said the other day. I probably said it already today, and I've just been going off because all year I've listened to people talk about how it's been a down year in college football. Everybody else sucks. Georgia or Alabama sucks. Oklahoma sucks. Ohio State, they're out. Everybody, it's it's a totally different year than we've ever seen. Clemson out. Y'all want to know why that's happening? Because think, let's think ten years ago. Let's go five years ago. Five stars are everywhere. There's five stars at Ohio State. There's five stars at Georgia. 
at Bama. There's not as many. There's not as many at every other school than Georgia. Yeah. Had. Now, like, let's I would say like 75 percent of them are in one location. That's and these right. guys you used to see running up the downfield with Bama, crazy defensive players, crazy athletes, first round type shit. Guess where they are now? They're all in Athens. And that's why every single one of these other teams suck, can't hang. They can't hang with Georgia the was in the SEC West. We would have done the exact same thing we did this year. That's so yeah, exact so when people well, you when beat people, the SEC West. When people come at me and they were like, look at this tough schedule that George's playing. What are we supposed to do? We played Clemson. He was preseason ranked, what, number two, number three, three. in the country. They were yeah. supposed to be a, a juggernaut. It's not our fault that they fell off. We played an SEC East schedule that is harder than 90% of teams don't realize. We do what we had to do. We won the 12 games that were put in front of us. We won. We People want to say that our in offense. SEC East, so they have no talent. People want to talk about how our offense is bad. We have the number three ranked offense in college football. And in case you are wondering, that is higher than Alabama now. After <laughs> after last week, we have a statistically our offense is better than them. We have the best defense in college football by a long shot. We have given up in the SEC. I'm not sure about nationally. I just saw the stat the other day. Georgia has given up five. Hundred less yards than the second best team. Five hundred yards. You have 83, 83 points all year. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's even funnier is y'all talking all of this shit about Georgia this, Georgia that. They're playing with a walk-on quarterback and still doing the damn thing. Still yeah, doing it. It's over. All right, let's talk about what happened this week. This regular season is over, guys. We've had a long season of making picks week in, week out. It's been a grind. I don't want to hear this. The season uh, is over. Uh, uh, final final standings. Everyone ended on a good note. That's the good part. King of college football, 64, 48, and 3 this season. Locks, 9, 1, and 2. I mean, if you were just taking my locks every week, you made $100 bets. What is that? Uh, like up 600, 700 bucks. Congrats to everybody who's been listening to me. The deep shots, 3 and 7. Ends up being the best record out of anybody here. Jake, 46, 68, and 1. You knew Ooh. how to, you knew what to do. You knew to fade if you were a true listener. That's how I that's how I attack these things, Jake. You may have had a bad year. You may have done this, but if you were a true listener, you knew what to do. Yeah. Knew, yeah, I was I, transparent. It wasn't like I was telling you that these were gonna hit. I was uh, trying though, for the record, <laughs> listeners, if you if you were loyal to me in college football this year, I'm so sorry. You can Venmo request me. Send, you know, I'm probably uh, accept it. I probably won't accept it, but you can do it and make you feel better. Your locks were six and six, so you That's finished not bad, there. Not bad, not bad. You finished there. That so that was good. Uh, deep shots two and eight. Caleb 48, 45 and one, just over 50 percent. Locks eight and three. He had two locks last week that both hit. Congrats! It's been a great season, guys. Uh, your deep shots were two and eight. What a season. So let's talk about the last week. Michigan. Michigan. How fucking This game, uh, dude, Michigan just looked better the entire time, looked more aggressive on the line, pounded the rock. Okay, it was snowing out there in Michigan. It was snowing in the Michigan State, Penn State game two. Bad weather. Other than Ohio State's receivers and they're running back here and there. I feel like Michigan was just the more dominant team. I mean, not the close. It's not rock. close. Not it was. Close. I mean, when they all got in the tussle and the offensive linemen all came running up, that's when you know. You know, what episode it was? I don't remember when I said it. It was before the season when me and Michigan Jake were on the podcast, and I looked at Jake and I. We were talking about like, what are some things that stick out to you about these preseason rankings? And I said. Do we really not think Michigan's a top 25 team? Yeah, <laughs> so, like where we are. There we are. Michigan are. beats Ohio State. 
What a scene, too. Just like, why was I woke up so stoked for that game on Saturday, and I just I watched the pregame show, sitting there ready for it, and then you know you got they got the whole panel of dudes just sitting there, and it just starts snowing. I'm like, holy shit, here we go. It's a packed house, big house. It's 29 degrees out there. It is just complete football weather. Then Michigan goes out. They did not have a play. If y'all didn't know this. Michigan did not have a single offensive play go for negative yardage. I mean, their offensive line was moving. Dude. Every time that running back got the ball, he got four yards. Every time. I mean, dude, he had 170 yards and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Uh, touchdown. That's crazy. They bullied him. They abs- That was absolute just two a T bully ball. They could yep. not do anything. They, they look like they, they – them in Georgia, they should be one and two, in my opinion, because they are the only two teams – in the league that look like they are just physically imposing. You're talking about on both sides of the ball, too. When you look at both of these teams, right, Michigan yesterday or Saturday, good God, C.A. Stroud had no chance. He had zero chance. Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know where he came from. I don't know why he stayed for a senior year, but him and Jordan Davis are just in the same crew where they're just absolute freaks. I saw some cut-ups of him the other day of how – Hutchinson played in that game. There was a couple of times where he knocked the tackle straight on his ass when he bull rushed him. He 15, just got in his I think chest. He said, I think I saw the stat. It was 15 quarterback hurries. It it was ridiculous. He was back there every play. And if they if he wasn't back there, I was watching. They were holding the piss out of him. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. I was at the Georgia Tech game, so I didn't get to watch it like live. But I went back and watched everything today, and it was Ohio State still put up yards. That's what they do. But when it came down to the nitty gritty of oh, this defense has figured it out, they didn't. Well, and what happened was, is when Michigan needed a play, they ran the ball and they made a play every time. And that's then on defense, been all year. that's right. They've been bullying people around all year. And, you know, here we go. They're coming into a game where they're going to have to, it's going to be a tough man contest up in Indianapolis for that mm-hmm. Big Ten championship game. Wow. Bama Auburn. Oh, my goodness. Talked Ooh. about how we all think Bama should maybe go down a spot at this point because they just. Auburn was up 10 nothing in the fourth quarter. And I, I look, so I had this bet. There's a little story for you guys. I had a bet with my buddy Ramsey, who's a Georgia Tech fan, that I didn't even remember making, but I definitely made it because I, I it sounded like something I would say. And apparently, like a few weeks ago, that we, we bet that uh, Georgia Tech wouldn't score a point. I made that bet $100 that Georgia Tech wouldn't score against Georgia. Straight up, 100 for 100. Straight, 100 for 100. I was at the game being absolutely reckless. If anybody saw the Instagram, I was, you know, that was just a tad of what I was. But anyway, so I won the bet, right? And so now I'm hanging out. We're somewhere, and we're watching the Alabama-Auburn game in the fourth quarter. And there's this dude beside me that I'm talking to, and he's like, Alabama's going to win this game. And I'm like, no, Auburn's going to win. Alabama sucks. Well, let's make a bet on it. I'm like, all right, I'll bet you $50 Auburn wins. And I was like, you know what? I'll bet you $100. I got $100. said that I'd didn't have before and he goes all right this guy swear to god pulls out his phone looks at the odds and goes all right it's plus 340 this motherfucker wanted me to give him 340 dollars if bama won the game and he would give me 100 if auburn won the game did you take the deal no i did not take the fucking deal are you fucking Good idea. serious Good idea. are you Good fucking idea. serious and then i go um i'm like no nah, so we're not doing that i go i'll go auburn minus three and a half he goes no five and a half and I was like, fuck no, three and a half. This is still to nothing. And he's like, all right, three and a half. And he's like, what, what, what's the difference between three and a half and five and a half? What do you and mean? I said, two- the, 
I said the difference is I'm not taking the bet unless it's three and a half. Took the bet, lost the bet. It's okay, but that was a win in my situation. Crazy. Well, yeah, crazy. He's, he didn't lose two hundred forty more dollars. That would have <laughs> yeah. been tough. But that would have been pretty tough. Other than that, this game Auburn was just straight up smacking them the whole time. Bryce Young. I said that I don't remember if I said this on the pod last week. I think I did. I said that last week. Uh, Bryce Young, he had a really good game against Arkansas, get me wrong, but he made some throws. He looked a little off in some situations. My dad was roasting me about it. He was like, you're, just, you're calling Bryce Young this crappy quarterback, blah, 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 which was not really the words I used. But the man was 225 for 51, 317 yards, less than 50%, and I would say 200 yards came in the clutch time, which they all came through in. But those first three and a half quarters, if Auburn doesn't throw that interception with about 10, nine minutes to go, I mean, Auburn would have easily won that game, and they yeah. should have won. They should have. They got that stop on fourth down with, like, less than two minutes left. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, uh, Auburn won. I fired, I think I may have jinxed it. Just, just I think I, I jinxed it, too. I jinxed I it, too. Jinxed it too. I jinxed it, too. I sent out a tweet. I sent out a tweet, and I said, just trying to troll some Bama fans, I said, does a three-loss Bama team make the playoff? <laughs> and – Immediately after I sent that, they got the ball back. And this is it just once I saw they had the ball back and it was a seven point game, I was like, they're about to do it. They're about to go down there. They're about to score, take it every time and pull it off. And I think, honestly, if TJ Finley wouldn't have been like, dude, that overtime, he could hardly walk. If he was in a better, could move, I think they (laughs) win the game. I just, I thought some of the play calling late for Auburn was a little questionable, though, because they had him rolling out right, rolling out left, always moving. He couldn't. Like, I mean, I don't get why they weren't just snapping it, keep him in the pocket. Yeah, that didn't make much sense to me either. I jinxed it because I thought the game was over, so I actually headed to my buddy Drew's house, and I had to watch Auburn get their ass beat in triple overtime on my phone. Quadruple. Quadruple overtime. Hmm. What can we talk about this two point thing? Like, I think they tried to do it to make the game shorter, and it definitely did not work. Like, it's the <laughs> complete opposite. It makes no sense. Just it's going to take so one now, play. Now we're just going we're gonna make football about one play. We're going to make this big ass game about one terrible. play. I knew that's why that guy. I had to Venmo that guy in the second overtime, and he didn't even know the new rules because he was like. Wait, whoa, whoa, no, no, Auburn's could still win, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but not by four points, man. This ain't happening no more. He was like, no, you're trying to jinx it, bro. Don't send me no money. And I almost, like, didn't. But then I was like, dude, like, I'm trying to, you know, go ahead and my you phone's on me. crazy. You know, phone, crazy. You like, should have said that my phone first. Died. Auburn gets it first. Boom, gets the two-point conversion. Bama. Six. Two. That'd be a crazy. But that was so unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, just yeah. the fact that they let him bet in the back door of that game, man. If you want to talk about Alabama, and we've been talking about them going in this game, I don't think I said this on this podcast. I actually said this to one of my family members at Thanksgiving this week. Whatever the Georgia line was, give me 10 points more, and I will still take it this week. That's how I feel about this game after mm-hmm. I saw Alabama play. Moved, moved from four to six after the game. I would take it at minus 16. Seriously, because I think it's going to be that bad. I don't, Alabama's offensive line, first of all, Bill O'Brien has issues on offense. He doesn't call the game like he should. They try and do the same thing over and over again. And their theory to me on offense is stop the ball to Bryce Young, let him take a three-step drop, and then he can do whatever he wants to after that. And also, Brian Robinson was their only running back on scholarship. He got hurt. So now they're going to have a linebacker playing running back this week. They don't have a scholarship <laughs> running back. Wow. And you ever think Bama was going to have – well, they had their other two or three guys get hurt midseason, so they have been thin already, and then he just got hurt. But Bama's O-line is atrocious. 
atrocious. <laughs> this is not Bama. Like, you knew, like, when I saw Nick Saban celebrating that win, that's when I was like, people really need to see what's happening right now. Like, when do you ever see Nick Saban excited about a two-point victory against a 6-16? Six and 16? I don't care if it's Auburn or not. Things are, uh... You, you think the old man's? You think the old man is kind of giving it out right here? Yeah. Or what? I mean, he might be celebrating hard this week because he knows he ain't going to be next week. I may, <laughs> I may eat these words, and I hope not. But realistically speaking, I think this is probably the worst out, worst we have seen an Alabama team since, since Blake Sims. Even I, I, say, I mean that, but that team with that team with Blake Sims anyway, like their offense might not have been incredible. It was still good, and that defense was ridiculous. All I was gonna say is it's probably been like the first year that Saban was at Bama. This is I feel like this is the worst team that we've seen through and through, yeah. offense and defense both considered. I think yeah. it is. And everybody, yeah, and everybody coming into the year said how this was the best defense Nick Saban's ever had. Wild ending, completely crazy. The mullet was the mullet was rocking. There was something that was said, like how Mike Gundy was obviously this was before Lincoln Riley left and everything, but he was talking about how much this game meant to him because he was like, "This is probably the last time we're playing Bedlam in the stadium." Like sneak this and how they're about to get out. Oklahoma, like I was pretty scared they were going to win this game. Um, the muff punt near the end of the game didn't yeah, pull out. Huge. They they haven't been really good in clutch time all year, and it showed here. Huge win for Oklahoma State. The Pokes. I just wish it wouldn't have pushed. Really wish yeah. it wouldn't have pushed. Yeah. <laughs> all right though you know the main thing is you got if oklahoma would have won that game we wouldn't know who'd be usc's coach today you know what i mean that'd be the only difference yeah really blessing in disguise what else were we going to talk about alabama (laughs) you know i hadn't really seen like a big time game in that stadium in a long time that place gets rocking and oklahoma state's defense is the thing between when it comes to them and if we're looking at all these playoff teams like we were just talking about scenarios earlier Okay, you got Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Oklahoma State would probably be our four if we were to bet. If they win, if they all those teams win this week, they're in. Those are probably like four of your top ten defenses in football. And then none of those teams just have like high flying offenses. And it's gotten it done for all of those teams all year long. Yeah, true. Yeah, I thought Caleb Williams was gonna be able to pull one out of his ass there at the end, had that crazy long run, like right mm-hmm. as the game seemed right as the game seemed out of reach. Right as it seemed out of reach, he just breaks off probably like a I mean, how far did he go? I mean, it was over 50 yards. It's like probably crazy. It was, he flipped the field. He completely fit the, flipped the field. I mean, that's that was nuts. You know, it's what you want out of Bedlam. I mean, the name literally is chaos. All you want out of him. Oh, uh, Lincoln went out sad. But, you know, I think $110 million and a lot more is going to be able to turn that frown upside down, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about Oklahoma State. I mean, their defense is legit. Fifth best in the country in points allowed. Third best in yards allowed. And leads the nation in sacks. Well, I did not know they led the nation in sacks. That's actually shocking. They, be are, they are for real. I it hope, would be I fun, hope, fun I hope they tear Baylor a new one. Do you think they'd be number four right there, though? Like, I, Do you think yeah. that would happen? They win the Big 12. Do you yeah. think they'd be behind Cincinnati? Cincinnati at three. They win. Georgia, Georgia Cincinnati. Georgia, Michigan, Cincy, Oklahoma State. Yeah. I'd love to see Georgia play either Cincinnati or Notre Dame in the first round. So we get a bye. <laughs> bye week. Yeah. This is a warm up game. It's a warm up game. Tune up game. Let's talk about the, some things before Saturday. Did y'all see the egg bowl ending where Lane Kiffin was just getting in a confrontation with a Mississippi State player? I did not see that. No, you, I oh think I turned it off. By oh, you guys didn't see it. So there was probably like two minutes left. Ole Miss calls timeout. <laughs> like Lane's trying to get to field. Mississippi State Ole Miss guys are kind of talking shit, and Lane just is kind of like, you know, telling him to shoe off, like get out of here, bro. And he starts like 
talking shit to Lane, and Lane just like literally gives him like a "Who the fuck are you?" Like "Who the fuck are you?" Like starts saying like that to him, like "Who the fuck are you?" Like, well, like get out of here. And then it gets like real. Like they start like screaming at each other, and Lane's just literally the whole time he's like on your field. It, oh, your field, your f- scoreboard, like point at the scoreboard, just getting in it with like three or four different Mississippi State players. But Mississippi State was down, it was a 10 point game. Mississippi State was losing 31 21. Mississippi State was going for the touchdown. Something happened. There was like a pass interference call with no time left. So the game was, you know, there was one down left, untimed down. Lane Kiffin calls a timeout on <laughs> untimed down. Of, of course he did. It was perfect. I can't believe you guys didn't see that. It was so funny. Lane, just Lane Kiffin being peak Lane Kiffin. I That's love what, what a year know, for him. Honestly, and what yeah. a year for Ole Miss. You know, like this is the first time they've won ten games. Like that's that's a thing. Can y'all believe Ever? that? First time they've won ten games in since the being the SEC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ever. I mean, and he's done that in what two that years, three years? Yeah. Well, he's gonna lose his cue now. You know, word on the street, according to a video that's been going around social media, is Arch Manning's heading to Hotty Toddy. But, yes. Did you, you know, see the? Uh, he retweeted that. it. He retweeted it. Yeah, Kevin retweeted it right after <laughs> the end. Dude, he was just trying to get some top. I mean, he, he <laughs> knew that he was just he, he was just trying to get some top. One thousand percent. The NC State North Carolina ending on Friday night. Did y'all see that? Yeah, did see that. That was uh, shout out to my cousin Davis who had North Carolina money line and was we were all celebrating with him pretty early. Cool. Or I had North Carolina plus five and a half, so that almost got pretty rough for me at the end too. But what an mm-hmm. ending! college football mac brown and you know what i'll say this for anybody who watched the game or cares it was 27 21 two minutes ago and it was like fourth and one north carolina's at nc state's like 35 mac brown chooses to kick the field goal hindsight wasn't the best decision because i feel like if you went for it if you go for it get the first down game's officially over didn't happen old mac brown six and six north carolina was number 10 to start a year tough year yeah Tough year. Uh, yeah. I'm still not. I'm still not sold. I mean, not. I know I am sold. I'm still not like against Sam Howell. Though. I know a lot of people have turned on him this year. I still think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Mm, be careful, Jake. No, yeah. I think he will be. I think he will be. Mm. I think we're. I think, I we're think gonna, that we're ranking this take and it's going to. And we'll be like, hey, you remember that? And y'all going to be like, no, I was always on Sam Howell. It's like no, yeah. and then you're not on or off. I'm standing beside yeah, him. I'm neutral. I, you know, I, I've seen enough out of him to know he's good and bad at the same time. So I do think a lot when it comes to Sam is going to have to deal with what kind of situation he finds himself. That's right. In. He's got to be around something good. Yeah. Because he, he, you know, he was yeah. basically like last year, North Carolina, a pretty decent team. They had two monster running backs this year. So much. It was just him. Yeah. He only won six games. And I think that ranking too early in the season was just because like, Hey, I'm Sam Howell. I'm like number two in the early preseason. Yeah, you know, it's the Jordan brand. We're getting recruits. We're on the hype train. Yeah, not so much. UTSA. I picked them a week late. Picked them a week late. Finish it off. How about it? There's only going to be one. Still playing the conference championship, though. (laughs) Good for them. There's only going to be one (laughs) undefeated team left for certain now. Um, and then Coach Cal. O, we said it earlier, Coach O finishes out on top at LSU. That game was crazy. That game was that absolutely game was nuts. Crazy. I was, it was watching crazy. it. I was yeah. watching it with my buddies uh, from college down here in Jacksonville. We were just drinking a couple beers, was watching the game. We flipped it because the game was over. The game was over. Texas A&M won. And then I see on my phone, I'm like, LSU's winning. We flip it back. There's like 20 seconds left. Name gets sacked. Game's over. And I was like, "What just happened?" Like I still don't even realize how that game ended because I didn't watch the last. I didn't watch like a minute and a half 
and then bang, like the game flipped on its head. So mm. the Mai was brewing, brewing that voodoo swamp music down there for him. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm trying Can't to get him. that thing pulled out. Yeah, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta have him get that last dub. Yeah, and it's good. He, you know, he, he's. We're talking about team that's undefeated. Georgia's undefeated. Ed Orgeron's undefeated today too, in my books. Yeah. He's yeah. going home to a 30-year-old, blonde hair, blue-eyed girl, 21 million bucks in the bank, got a dub on the way out, beat Jimbo Fisher, put him on his head. You know, yep. that's that's a big I dub. I would him 8-4 and four to finish the year. That's the team that beat Bama. Wow. So much, what could have been? What could have been? Ole Miss finished second in the S or West. This is typical A&M, though. Typical Fisher. It is. You know, I always look good, and then they slip up. You know, well, they, they didn't have a quarterback. That's the main thing. Like, Calzada came on. He played a really good game against Bama. Other than that, like – He just look terrible uh, against LSU, at least in the parts. Right. <laughs> Coach o, it's a farewell to see one of our favorite coaches in the SEC bid a, bid a farewell. He's going to be a swamp monster party animal for the next two years and probably be the governor of state of Louisiana before he gets another head coaching job. Move over to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the Thanksgiving Day game. Just quick recap of those. Lions. The Lions Bears can't yeah, help themselves. Out. Great cover. <laughs> so, dude, I just knew it was gonna happen too. When when the Bears got the ball back with seven minutes left, all I could think about was I was like, they're not getting a touchdown. There's no way they're getting a touchdown on here. I was like, they're gonna run the. I said it out loud because everyone was taking my picks and not with my family because you know gary had a hot day the day before and then they went down kicked the field goal andy dalton gets a little thanksgiving dub i really wish the lions just would have won outright at that point under hit for everybody yep mm-hmm. we See, knew that lions, was gonna happen plus three never a doubt end of the first half when the bears threw that interceptions and how about roquan smith hurting deandre swift some dog on dog crime yeah. uh, mm-hmm. second quarter could be another type of crime too if you really want to think about it <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I, was, I think that could be said about like. <laughs> yeah, that's most NFL plays. That's most yeah, NFL yeah. plays. Yeah. Uh, but Roquan has had a year, dude. Like, that dude is a beast. He is <laughs> yeah. a freak at linebacker. DeAndre Swift getting hurt for the Lions is like, okay, you guys haven't won a game. Also, we're going to take away your best player. It's so funny. Like, I was literally thinking, like, look, Cowboys Raiders, crazy game. They had the Cowboys. I even live bet them to win. In the third quarter, when they were down like eight, and the Raiders had the ball. They almost did. Questionable things happened in this game, but the Raiders came out on top in a much needed victory. Also, did not know about CD Lamb um, before the game. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders plus eight, never doubt. I don't know if y'all are sensing a trend here, but it was a good Thanksgiving day. Yeah. Well, for you, last year I went 4 0 on Thanksgiving. Doing college football. I knew it was coming. <laughs> hey, dude, I, sp- hey, I split Thanksgiving on college. I went one and one. Went one and one, five and one in the NFL, one and one in college. You will take. But yeah, dude, I'm saying this is the Raiders, bro. Once we get down on them, once everything starts seeming like the world's falling in on the Raiders, just like, oh, Derek Carr decided to play a full football game again. They look good. And then I'm sure next week, I don't know who they're playing. They're probably playing a winnable game. They're gonna drop. They're gonna drop the ball. And they're gonna lay an egg. Playing the football team next week. Be careful at home. I, I think the football team beats them. I think the football team beats them. I'll Do get ahead have? of that right now. Is that what this early spread is? Two and a half. Two and a half early spread. I think the t- football team is it in favor of the Ravens? I mean the Raiders, I'm sure. Yeah, Raiders minus two and a half. Yeah, I think I take Washington straight up in that one. I like mm. that. 
Mm. I'm saying I think we'll figure out tonight. I think Taylor Heineke's solid. I think Taylor Heineke's really Dude, solid. Dude, he's had a pretty good year, man. Georgia boy from Conville. Yeah, pretty solid year. But the Raiders, man, like they just keep taking their teeth out and they just get back up. Like, please just stay down already, will you? That was brutal. What what happened to the Cowboys? Now they got all these COVID issues. And I mean, they just they look abysmal I mean, here. Okay. I would say hey. what's wrong with the Cowboys are just not fully healthy. Like we see what happens when everybody on that Cowboys roster. Right. Is. Yeah. Right. Hey, y'all know y'all know who's gonna be the head coach for the Cowboys this week? Oh yeah, Quinn, baby. Quinn, Dan baby. Freaking Quinn. I knew man. it. I knew it. Back in back in the saddle. It's like it. he never left. <laughs> He's gonna come out of the booth for that. That's crazy. They're gonna bring him down. Nice yeah, staying up there. I can't I believe they didn't let Kellen Moore do it, honestly, but they should have oh, let man. Kellen Moore do it. That'd uh, been high. Saint gets smacked by the Bills on Thanksgiving Day, right when I said uh fuck the Bills. They had a great defensive showing. Also no Alvin Kamara. And uh, Trevor Simeon's Trevor Simeon. It wasn't really. I think this. I don't know if this is a more of a testament. Like, yeah, the Bills responded and they went to a tough stadium and played good. But man, the Saints are not good right now, dude. They're they don't have Alvin They're They're really bad. They they had Mark Ingram. They made a trade for Ingram and he got scratched right before the game, so they were left with. They don't have uh, Michael Thomas. They don't have. They don't really mm-hmm. have any offensive weapons. Yeah, they got Marquez Callaway and Ka- I mean, their Alvin defense there. relatively didn't play too bad. I mean, they picked off Josh Allen twice. Well, that's all they really got going for me. They still have a pretty yeah, solid so. defense. The, the offense, I mean, the offense awful. had terrible. Yeah, I think so. Jameis on crutches probably fare better than Trevor Simeon at this point. Yeah, I'm just is. surprised that Taysom still has not gotten in a quarterback. Right, I have been yeah. waiting for an appearance from him. And he gets a new then. contract and everything, like. I'm telling you, dude, Sean Payton had to have cheated on his wife and Taysom Hill figured out about it or something, and they, this is just hush money. That's the only thing. That is, and I'm not even saying that to be joking. Honestly, maybe I'm joking a little bit. Why do you pay him so much money if he just stands there and then plays some special teams and maybe lines up at tight end twice a game? Some heat. Uh, Hazelwood's transferring Oklahoma, too. He's leaving. Jaden Hazelwood, five-star receiver from last year. He's leaving. Should have went to Georgia. Mm, yeah. He's pro- he may end Probably up might, there. He might end up careful. There. He's, He's from Atlanta. All right, let's talk about Sunday. First, okay, the first thing I just want to say, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of games. First game, Bengals Steelers. Um, I just had these notes in my hand, my phone from yesterday because I thought it was all pretty just shocking stuff. Uh, the Bengals have swept the Steelers for the first time since 2009. I am on the train, and last week after that big sat, uh, Sunday night game, everybody was like, oh, big man, big man. Let's not let the prime time fool us. People show up in prime time. People do crazy mm-hmm. things in prime time. Just one uh, game, too. One, Just game. one game. But the Bengals are a little bit back, seven and four, on a little bit of a run. Are obviously running in the division. Remember, they also have smoked the Ravens. It's a low key, kind of the best team in this division, if you really want to think about it. But for the Steelers, I don't care where they're drafting, I don't care what their situation and stuff like at the end of the season. They'll probably finish, you know, eight, eight and one. Wherever they are, they need to be the first team to draft the corporate. They gotta get it. Kenny Pickett needs to be the only thing the Steelers worry about because, I mean, when you really think about it, the Steelers have everything they need other than somebody to efficiently snap the ball, move around, and give them a, a, a better chance because Najee Harris is a beast. Deontay Johnson's a beast. Chase Claypool, Pat Fremeyer. I mean, they, they have all these weapons. The defense is going to come back and be healthier. All I'm saying is that with a young QB, Kenny Pickett already plays in that stadium week in and week out. Come on. That the Steelers need to draft a quarterback. Other than that, they because they're not they're not going to do anything crazy, even if they do make the playoffs this year somehow, which Man. is not not going to happen. 
Kenny Pickett, yeah. you better be looking out for these free agent quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking about Russell Wilson, maybe Baker Mayfield type of players like that, too. Might just slide across through there. Um, big Ben took a big pay cut for this year. We knew he wasn't going to be that good. I didn't say anything last week because he had a good stat line. But even though I was watching the game, and I looked at the stat line afterward, and he ended up throwing for whatever he did. I was like, holy shit. To me, he just he doesn't look good. He still doesn't look good. Can't move. He's a statue in the pocket. He's played a lot of football, and that kind of gives him a little bit of an advantage, but he's still who he is. And he had his elbow reconstructed two years ago, and he's like 38. So... Help. Yeah, help and then like it. like you said, like even on that game against the Chargers, where I'm pretty sure he th- I'm pretty sure he clips 400 yards. I'm pretty sure he did. Not many of those throws were very high difficulty. It was a lot of you know short routes to, to those you know quick receivers. I know Eric Ebron had a couple nice catches and just let him run. You know that's a lot of what that was, and you know they also benefited a lot from some clutch turnovers and you know, stuff like that. But it's not it's 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 time to hang the cleats up. You're not. It's not going to get any better from here. It's not, and he's not going to get any faster. He's not going to get any healthier. And you know, it doesn't seem like he can lay off the cheeseburgers a little bit right there either. So just going to throw that in there. Colts Bucks. This is one that me and Caleb. It doesn't happen much, but me and Caleb beat Jake on this one. Man, oh, they, this was the last. This was the only out of four. Out of fourteen parlay, and this was the only one that missed. So Man, barely so missed. Crazy ending. Missed. Uh, the Colts turned the ball over five times. Leonard Fournette three tutties, seventeen carries, hundred yards. He was all over the place. Four, just, four tutties. Four. Uh, one receiving, three rushing. Yeah. And then let me just say this: like, think we may have said this last week when Rob Gronkowski is playing football with Tom Brady. <laughs> It's They're definitely over. <laughs> like it's we, different. yeah, it's cool when he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and all, and uh, Antonio Brown, all this stuff. But like, literally, what makes this team, and uh, at least offensively, better than everyone else? Rob Gronkowski, that much noticeable. Leading receiver, seven receptions, 123 yards. Obviously, and he, wasn't and even he the... brings it in the run game. I mean, one of the best tight ends doing that too. And he wasn't even the stud of the day. It was Leonard Fournette who had fucking 45 fantasy points against me. It's like you said, man, give Brady a tight end. We've been seeing it for years. He makes people pay for it. Jake, you just can't bet against the GOAT, baby. You just can't do it. I guess not. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, it doesn't get much tougher of an L than that. I mean, I was I mean, I mean, was at the Jags-Falcons game, so I really wasn't keeping up with it very closely. But they have this one screen in one of the corner of the end zone that is just on red zone the whole time. Like it's, it's just a red zone channel. And once in a while, I look over there and go, oh, nice. The Colts are, you know, winning pretty, pretty nice. You know, have a nice little lead. Then all of a sudden, I look back and it's 38 31 and they lost. But I did go back and look at it. And I do remember a couple of weeks ago, um, I know last week I did, I did praise Carson Wentz a little bit. But a couple of weeks ago, I did say that it seems like whenever things get close, that Carson Wentz will find a way to make a mistake. And that is how this one ended. You know, him, you know, they had, what you say, five turnovers in the game. They only lost by seven points. You turn the ball over five times and lose by seven to the defending Super Bowl champion. In a weird way, you're going to live with that. But you got to look back and be like, that is the definition of a winnable game. And you have to get that win. Hell, think about it. You turn the ball over three times, they probably win by two scores. Seriously. I mean, they were up 24-14. Yeah. They let him back in the door. That's for damn yes. sure. They let him back. Yes. You know, here's what happened, dude. When you open the door open for Tom Brady, he'll kick that bitch down. Overpassing the big Falcon twin. Oh, it was electric, yeah. man. Dude, yeah. this is what I'm saying. It feels so good when, like, we know the Falcons are good. You know, I've, I've accepted that. 
But when you play Happy. another bad team, not really, sort of. <laughs> I know it, but I won't believe it. But when you're a bad team and you play another bad team and you beat that bad team, it feels even better. Because, like, I was surrounded by Jags fans yesterday. And, look, I don't hate the Jags. I Like I said, I've said it many times, Jags are my second favorite team. I want to see them do good. And they were all just yelling at me and we stuff. We were definitely a Jags podcast. Oh, yeah. They're was- definitely a Jags pod. But, dude, you know, it just, it just feels good. It feels good to get that win. But, man, the amount of times I had to, like, try and tell a Jag, like, Jags fans, like, dude, I like the Jags too, man. Like, I grew up a Falcons fan. They're like, fuck you. It's like, all right. Good. That's all good. Right. That's how football – Tennessee, New England. It's getting, uh, getting a little scary, huh? It is. That's... But to be fair, to be fair – okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Tennessee didn't have Julio, A.J. Brown, or Derrick Henry. I mean, this isn't the Tennessee Titans that we've watched this year, okay? Ryan Tannehill, 11 for 21 with 93 yards. Yep. That's that what I love. Scary, man. Four turnovers. So I, like that. I have this guy. I have one of my buddies at work. He's a big Titans fan, and he's been saying all year that Ryan Tannehill is better than Matt Ryan. And I had fun today. I went in there, went through a stat line, and I was like, so this is what it looks like when you have no weapons. Okay, Matt Ryan does it without any really good weapons every single week. Yeah. Oh, Has been for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, oh, just another thing about the Falcons. When you say that, I mean, just wait. We When Cordero Patterson's playing, we can score. And when we have Calvin Ridley back, maybe we can score. And then whenever we have him back, maybe Kyle Pitts can score. Cause, Do you yeah. think he's coming back, though? Do you think Calvin Ridley's going to be back this year? I think we'll be back. I think he'll be back at some point. I feel like if he sits down and realizes that, you know, if he comes back, like this team is five and six. We are the top team in the hunt. We're in the weaker conference because it's so top heavy. And all we realistically got to go do is probably go nine and eight. Yeah. Hmm. It could happen. A little back door. A little back door. Got the Falcons. I mean, got the Bucks this week. Anyway, to the Patriots, domination. It's the defense, too, man. And Mac Jones just does his job. So that defense is unbelievable. Even after trading stuff. Yards. Yeah, yeah they, he had the highest QBR. I mean, is it a QBR or a passer rating? Um, he had the highest one in the NFL this week. All quarterbacks, not just rookies. What happened? And what, I saw something that said, isn't it funny how the beginning of the year we kept talking about the Bills and <laughs> I can't remember other teams, the Bills and the, the Titans and uh, the Chargers, and we've ended up in the same situation we're always in with the Chiefs and the Patriots looking like the top two teams in the AFC again. Again, the freaking the, <laughs> the Galactic Empire, Empire rises back to greatness yeah, with so. their Death Star, <laughs> Mac Jones. Just Thanos, where did that lead you? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's just like, well, you know, when they were down for like a year or two, Belichick came out and said it in a press conference. He was like, when you sell out for a Super Bowl with what you did, you're going to be in cap hell for a year. You sold out and won two rings or three rings. That, that, sometimes that's going to happen. You're going to have down years. Well, he's, he's solidified himself as a damn good coach, and I think he should be in the conversation for coach of the year at this point because, you know, even without the Messiah himself playing quarterback, um, he's found and cultivated another rookie to be just like what he wants him to be, do his job, live the Patriot way. And even after trading their best player on the team, in my opinion, they're still the best defense in football. And we're, hopefully it's a long season, though. That's the thing. We started 1-3. and three, We're 7-1 and one since then. It's a long season. And, well, yeah, those really. three losses, too, were, like, so close. Yeah, they were. And they were decent teams. I mean, one, I mean, if you make a field goal against the Bucks, I mean. Right. You know. Got to be by Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, things could happen. The Dolphins-Panthers. So, McCaffrey out again. 
for the season. Sucks to be you, Caleb, right now. Cam Newton, 5 for 21, 92 yards, two interceptions. Dolphins, four straight dubs. And people forget that all you, like, I mean, it'd be pretty wild if they just went on a nine-game win streak in the season. But, I mean, they could get to 10-7. That'd be dope. They could. And Tua's Tua had a good nice game. last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Tua's looked nice last Look, couple weeks. Dol- I've been outspoken against him. He's looked all right. The Dolphins' last five, Giants, Jets, at Saints, Monday Night Football, at Titans, home against the Patriots. Oh, well, the last one's not going to go well. Those next three are very You got to get dubs. You're gonna be, you'll, they'll be in the hunt. They'll be in the hunt. I, I, look, they beat the Pats week one. And when when is the last time the Patriots won in Miami? When I feel like they always lose in Miami. Woo. Yeah, it's been a while, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Brady Brady won down there like four times, I feel like, like in his career. <laughs> like it, it never happens. Um, there's some, something about that weather that really gets him. You know, if it's going to be cold, maybe we'll have a better chance. I don't know. Yeah. Hell, I mean, if the Patriots keep winning the way they're going to be. Um, but the Patriots, they keep winning this way. They might be sitting guys that week. So who knows? Maybe the Dolphins can pull a dub out right there. All right. Last time the Patriots won in Miami, 2019, they won 43 nothing. But. Oh. Uh, uh, been a so, long one, been a long uh, time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but before this, uh, 2020 they lost in Miami. 2018 they lost in Miami. 2017 they lost in Miami. 2016 they lost in Miami. Lost in Miami. Yeah, they, I mean, dude, they they've lost like before 2019. I mean, they lost like every year in Miami, like yeah. since to, like 2012. So the take held some truth to it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. see. The Dolphins could go on a run. That's all I'm saying. And then just to shout out the Eagles, who Caleb, you know, put on the getting hot watch last week. Mm-hmm, they're hot. They yeah. should have won. They should have won. Jalen Jalen Rieger sold so hard, so yeah, so, so 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 hard on and that last. Devontae play. Smith was wide open on that last play too. Mm-hmm. That they threw well, I mean, dude, that last one. I mean, it hits. It hits Jalen Rieger right in the hands, bro. He just has to catch it, fall backwards, boom, you score a touchdown, kick the extra point, you win 14-13. And that's all you have to do. You're a – and just a little salt in the wound for uh, fans of them. They took Jalen Rieger one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah, what a decision. I remember making a bet that Justin Jefferson was going to be the next pick when the Eagles had that pick. I literally made a bet that Justin Jefferson would be the next pick, thinking that was the easiest bet of all time, the Eagles. Well, it's out for him. You know, Rager is like the PFF-graded worst receiver in the NFL, so there's that. Yeah, he sucks. Chargers lose to the Broncos. I think these teams both have the same record now at 6-5. and five. Yep, uh, yep, both 6-5. and five. Pretty sure it's the Looks like a... Uh, Looks like uh, Brandon Staley was a snake oil salesman after all, I guess. I don't know. It's just hard to play in Denver. Patrick Chartain. I'm sure the smell is uh, distracting. A little trinket, a little little fast fact, a little fun fact. So Patrick Chartain's dad. I saw this. His last touchdown on a pick six in Mile High Stadium. Patrick Chartain II scored his first touchdown on a pick six. In Mile High Stadium. That's mm. really cool to me. That is cool. Uh, no, the Chargers are still the seventh seed, even after losing to Broncos. Uh, but Rams, Packers. Matt Stafford needs to, like, sack up, get it fixed. I mean, had some really, like, a really bad first half. Third straight game with a pick six. That's unheard That's, of. Three yeah. straight games giving six points to the other team. 
Yeah, and the Rams have lost three straight games in a row, all like primetime big games. They just haven't looked the part. Packers, I mean, the Packers 5-0 at home this year for a reason. Their defense is really good. I forgot, uh, Russell Douglas, they made the pick six. He's really good. Eric Stokes on the other side. Can, defensive rookies, can we name some? Patrick Chertain. Patrick Chertain. Uh, I mean, Eric, Eric Stokes, legit. Like, every prime, like, because Packers play a lot of primetime games. Eric Stokes is everywhere. I'm just saying. Defensive rookie of the year. I'm putting I'm putting that name out there. He's he's been really good for the Packers. I don't know um, any other defensive rookies. That's and uh, JC Tyson is Tyson Campbell a rookie? Yes, he is. Yeah, he had a pick. He had, he a, had pick. a pick against Matt Ryan. Yeah. Packers win this game. Rams look tough. Rams was a third straight. Game plan from what it seemed like, dink and dunks. Um they were trying to keep everything in front. Odell had a big uh like fifty yard touchdown catch in this game. Helped me in fantasy. AJ Dillon had a big game. Uh he's becoming Aaron Jones is still a banged up. AJ Dillon just looks bigger than most people out on the field anyway. I think yeah. they should use him. He's a beast, dude. He looks like a rock. Mm-hmm. So good win for the pack. Rams are getting a little weird. Good win for the Jets this week. They took down your uh, your hottest team in the this is a, this No, is a the real, Jets are the hottest team in football. They're back. Real, this was a real who's who Texas game. Just couldn't pull this one out. <laughs> this was a this was a statement game, a who's who's game. You know, winner take all. I guess Jets are three and eight. Just saying. Love that shift. They're, They're right there, right there, right there. Game in the NFC, and you guys just shift it to the uh, <laughs> Jets Texans. I mean, Dude, I'm you know, tired I don't know what to say about them. Here's my thing about the Rams, bro, is I feel like we – this is it's, I mean, yeah, it's been three straight weeks of just them dropping the ball. Just them dropping the ball. This I feel mm-hmm. like I – do, I do think that Matt Stafford has become a little bit too dependent on Cooper Cup and that is coming back to hurt him. And, you know, their running game isn't what it, used to, what it should be. If Like, you think about if they had Cam Akers right now, how much better that running game would be. I think that's kind of catching up to them. They, here's the thing. They have all these names. Of all these names are supposed to be good, but if you don't, this is going to sound cheesy. It's going to sound like something that's out of a Disney movie. But if you're not a team, you're not going to win. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that is one of the issues. Is there's just, there's just, I think there might be one too many egos on that squad. Not a bad take. Well, more, more so than anything, the freaking turnovers have hurt them the last couple weeks. That's been their problem. Like Matt Stafford just got to quit throwing the ball to the other team. That would help. Last two, the. Vikings lose another one possession game. We were all mm-hmm. on the Vikings there. Best Debo cycle. Samuel, huge day. Yeah. 49ers are on a huge crazy. run. Yeah. But the Vikings, I mean, like best five and six team of all time. Yeah. Behind the Falcons. That's not a crazy thing about mm-hmm. the Falcons and the Vikings are the same record. And I feel like the Vikings would beat the Falcons by like but, two scores. And Dalvin Cook Dalvin <laughs> yeah. Cook's out again though, so things could dislocated uh, his shoulder. He's gonna be out this week, he's gonna be out next week, and then they got the bye. So he's he's at least going to miss the next two weeks. Um, Did y'all see this? Speaking of the Vikings game, Kirk Cousins did a little whoopsie, lined up, uh, got under under the guard. They'll switch a roof. So Sunday night, this game, we've got, I mean, you guys got to have some type of opinion about this game. It was ridiculous. So first, there was the first quarter where there was all that fourth down Shit, there was like four straight fourth downs that had penalties called. Yeah, yeah, yes. And then it ended with like uh, offsides just moving the ball automatically. Five out of six drives, there was a fumble, interception, interception, fumble, insane game. Like every time, and as (laughs) me, Jake, and Ryan all were riding on this uh, Kareem Hunt first player score touchdown, and the fact that it was still alive at halftime, 
Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, eight, every team trying to get the other ball, the team another chance to win. Lamar throws four interceptions. Still gets a dub somehow Still gets or another. It is wild to think like he threw four picks and they still won. I mean, that's got to be that's got to be a lot of pain for the Browns. <laughs> right, that's that's tough. That has to be the most inefficient offense ever. And shout out Baker Mayfield. You know he's hurt. He's running around doing everything he can, whatever. But I've said it all year. I'll say it a million times more. The Browns just don't score touchdowns, and you have to score touchdown to win football games. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of the goal right there. But they don't do a great job at it. And just when you allow a team to turn the ball over four times and you can't do nothing with it, nothing. And Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were both a disappointment. Facts. Seems like we're getting down. Let's finish the pod with some baseball real quick. Just some deals have gone down. Just some quick reactions. Scherzer, three years, 130 to the Mets. Two-word okay. reactions. Two-word reactions. Um, washed up. Tired arm. Who cares? There you go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dead, dead, arm, dead arm would probably be the better two-word right Braves, there. Braves, but... champs. Yeah. That's a lot of money for a 37-year-old. It is. Think about that. In three years, he is going to make $34 million. million. He's going to make $34 million more million than Ronald Acuna is going to make over 10 years in three years. That is nuts. Absolutely nuts. I mean, yeah, I get it. Scherzer's a great pitcher. I mean, he's got crazy stuff. You can argue that the Mets might have the two best pitchers in baseball right now. But he is old. He couldn't finish the postseason this year. And that's something you're going to have to consider. Because when, when you make a deal, and it, the Mets have made multiple uh, big signings this, this postseason, I mean, this, uh, this offseason, to boost up that lineup. And then now, of course, with Scherzer to really bolster that uh, in their starting rotation. When you make these deals, you're making them to win the World Series. You're not making them to come in second in your division. That's what their goal is this year, is to win the World Series, no question about it. That's something you're going to have to consider. You're going to have to consider that he was dead two games into the NLCS. Let him have and it. you already know with DeGrom, like his injury, like his past, I mean, who's to say he'll be there at the end of the year? Exactly. Yeah, he's he's always hurt, too. We know the Mets will throw by, by the, right at two weeks after the All-Star break. They'll throw. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. They'll sell. They also got Starling Marte and Eduardo Escobar. So yeah, they, have, they have been moving. Uh, some, some other big signings: uh, Kluber to the Rays, two-time Cy Young, one year. Byron Buxton extended another seven years, hundred mil, another Ronald Acuna type deal. Kevin Gosman to the Blue Jays, but they let Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon walk. That's weird. I don't. I don't get that. I thought like that's a bad move for the Blue right. Jays. <clears throat> Seemed like a big loss, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think they could afford a Simeon. First of all, yeah. Clearly they couldn't afford him. But, but uh, dude, the the, the uh, Rangers are dropping cash. Yeah, bro. I don't know who who owns them, but they got a deep a stadium, well, a new stadium. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome place. But good lord, you give. I mean, look, I get Corey Seager is an incredible player. Three hundred and fourteen million dollars is so much money. I can't even comprehend. Three hundred twenty-five. Three hundred twenty-five. Sprinkling another eleven right there, Jake. Uh, Yeah, it's just 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 for fun. At three fourteen, what's the difference? You know, might as well do three twenty-six. Three twenty-five. So the Rangers got yeah Seager and Simeon. Robbie Ray to the Mariners. Good for them. Mariners yeah. needed some momentum. And uh, the newest one, Kirby Yates uh, to the Braves. I love Kirby Yates. I love that. Just think about it. Just a couple years ago, he was 
I want to say he was, he either led the MLB in saves or is like right up there with them. I mean, he's been really dang good like for a long time. Like this is this is a big just to add him into the. the is night he going to be working the yeah. night shift? Is He'll he a lefty? Yeah, Kirby Yates will be play, will be be in the night shift. Is he a lefty? They let him in. You think he'll be in the wine club? Ooh, if we don't exclusive. sign, if we if we don't sign back Jock, I mean there is an opening. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's Jock's club. But no, Kirby Yates is a righty. I have to check that real quick. <laughs> he can't be in the night shift, bro. He's a, he's not a lefty. Hey, dude, it might might work out. You know, have you have your lefty arms? Have that righty to mix it up. That is, I just felt that's a really good sign. Did you guys see? Uh, one last thing. That's basically it. But did you guys see Tyler Matzik's tweet over the weekend? When yes. It was, it was uh, the Braves were tweeting like think like when they were ready for Thanksgiving dinner. It was Matzik the video of them like jumping around screaming. And he was like, what are we eating? Dodge or it was like Dodgers for main course, Astros for dessert and a, at Brewers to wash it down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, God, what was it? Somebody replied. Oh, somebody said, I remember when I had my first beer. And then he said, oh, my God, what did he say? God, what did he say? I got to pull it up real quick. Hold on. It was Matic. Yeah, Tyler Matzik, who, by the way, only has like 6,000 Twitter or 12,000 Twitter followers now. But the other day, only like Yeah, seven. I had to give him a follow after yeah. this. Uh, uh, oh, geez. Where's the tweet? It's not even there anymore. Did he delete it? Uh, Maybe. He says he only has 18 tweets. That's probably why. Oh, here we go. Kirby Yates uh, led the majors in saves in 19, and then he had surgery for bone chips oh. in his elbow. Guy replied to him and says, security didn't even know you played for the Braves. Be humble, kid. Tyler Matzik replies, true, but you and all your Dodgers friends do. <laughs> yeah. uh, he said, I remember my first beer. This is what it was. So he said, Braves, what are we eating? Astros for the main, Dodgers for the side, and a cold Brewers to wash it down. And the guy said, I remember my first beer. He said, I don't, but I do remember all of them from the parade. <laughs> Atlanta. He's that guy. Atlanta. He's Pull that, that shirt, Jake. Pull that shirt. World champions. World champions. You can't take it away from us. Can't take it away. Wait, I gotta go get my gear. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Kale's about to go get his commendative dildo. I have my flag in the way back there. If I turned off my background, you might be able to see it. Let's see. You see it? Can we see it? Oh, yeah. There we go. Right. World Series champions. I wish I could wear this to work. You guys see the flag now? Can. Yeah, I see the flag. Episode 48. Long one. There was a lot to talk about that. There was. Uh, next episode, Cam Holden, Towson forward, going off this year. Everybody from Mary Person knows about him. Uh, we're going to have him on the show before we make the picks uh, for Thursday's episode. Stay tuned. Episode 48, Jake Caleb, any last words? Nothing too um, much. Keep it easy. Two things for me, Mike Bobo, RIP to Mike Bobo. He just got fired from Auburn uh, while we were doing this podcast. And yeah. also – Shout out to Jim Harbo's khakis because they finally got it done. Yes, sir. <laughs> Signing out. See ya.